Okay. Yo, this is Freddie Crochon, and I'm here with my peoples at Annoyed TV. You were just listening to 60 Deep by RX Poppy and RX Nephew, one of the two songs selected by my guest today. I know I have a lot of people on here, and I know that I say that it's very special because it's true. Each of them are very special, and I've enjoyed every single conversation that I've had up until this point. But this one really hit different. I'm telling y'all. I've been following Freddie Croshan for years now. And just to be able to sit in a room and talk with him about his art and illustrations and comics was so much fun. Our conversation ranged from his upbringing in a religious household to him drawing Sonic all the time to our weird connection with the very niche cartoon Bible man. Our conversation was all over the place. It reflected Freddie well, it reflected his art well, it reflected me well. It was just an all around amazing time and I really enjoyed speaking with him. I feel like I really don't need to say too much more. I know I like to keep these brief normally, but the secret is in the sauce. The conversation is all you need to hear. So with that being said, I'll see you guys on the other side. So today I am joined by one of the most interesting people in the world. I've been a fan of this dude's art for a long, long time. And we we chopped it up a little bit before we started recording about how I stumbled on his work and, and you know, just the, the crazy full circle moment that this is for me right now. But just to start things off nice and simple, I'll go with the question, who are you? What's up? I'm Freddie Crochon. I'm a, a local illustrator, designer, and I'm here with annoyed tv yes sir yes sir <laughs> he knows he knows um now now man before we get too deep into it i want to go back to that piece that i was mentioning at the top of it which is like obviously like i said this is a full circle moment for me mm-hmm. but you were saying that a lot of people come up to you and they'll be like oh my god like i love your art i've been following you da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. so how does that feel for you to have your work known by people on a, on a certain level um I, I feel like I really never know really how to feel about it because on a day-to-day, like, left to my own devices, I'm at home, I feel like almost like I'm not doing enough to get myself out there. Mm. But then, like, any job I've ever worked, if I'm out with friends, if people come visit and we go out, like, I definitely do bump into at least, like, two or three people who are just like, oh, shit, are you, are you Freddie? And like, yeah, that's me. And they show me the Instagram, and they're like, oh, my. Like, it, right. it happens, like. I would say kind of regularly, like not trying to brag or anything, but it is kind of crazy to see just so many people that I've never met, people younger, older, 
just who somehow just like heard about what I do or have been keeping up with what I do for like years and I just like didn't even know. Right. Like I checked the DMs like we've never talked. But yeah. like been following it since twenty fifteen. For sure, because I feel like at, at a certain point, you know, you, you make the art and then you put it out and then it's just kind of like hands off after that. And then it just gets taken wherever it gets taken, right? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say I went back and was scrolling through through the grid before we're logging this. And the two things that I remember that put me on were uh, Jeff, the banana. <laughs> I loved I loved those comics, yeah. bro. I love those comics. And yeah. um, what was the other one? It was... Uh, Diamond Shine might shine like Skittles. That yeah. one, that mm-hmm. was my lock screen for like a month. <laughs> I swear to God, that's sick. I'm not even blowing smoke. That's I'm nuts. not even blowing smoke. That's nuts. Um, <laughs> now, give me give me a little bit of backstory on 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 the Jeff comic strips and and explain it for those people that don't know. Uh, so I'm a graduate of CCAD. CCAD is an art school downtown in Columbus. So um, there's a team of alumni that created. Uh, it's called Bonfire, Bonfire Comics. So they create like anthology books. So mm-hmm. every year, like the book will have a different theme and they reach out to like different artists who want to support. And they reached out to me, I think it was like 2019, 2018, like after I graduated. And they're like, Freddie, like uh, we'd love to have you submit a comic. And at the time, like I really didn't make comics like that. Like I took a comics class for sure. Um, I had a book published with CCAD, which was like another collection of books. But long story short, me and a friend of mine who were uh, graduated together, we both like are illustrators, but we, I would say, <laughs> we like punk out of doing stuff all the time. So at this point, we both were like, man, like it'd be sick to do comics. Like you got reached out by so-and-so, right? Like, yeah, hey, you got reached out by Bonfire. So we both told each other, like, if you submit, then that means I got to submit. Right. So um, keeping each other honest yeah 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 sure. and it's funny because we're like our styles and approaches like way different like my stuff is flat and graphic and primarily it's digitally his stuff is like traditional and he's like probably one of the best illustrators i've ever met or just like seen right um but yeah the story for jeff i knew like a lot of times when i work um i'm a goofy ass person i just have always been um, I'm goofy as hell. Even in public, like, I feel like a lot of times I come off as, like, nonchalant and quiet, but that's because I'm, like, telling myself to shut the hell up. Right. Because, like, I'm <laughs> I I'm mean, goofy. I feel like that, that definitely comes <laughs> out in the artwork, though. Like, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I like I like a lot of dumb shit. So um, when I got the opportunity to make a comic, I was like, I want to make something that is just going to make people either say, like, this is, like, the craziest shit I've ever seen, right. or they're going to be like, oh, this looks like some, like, diet like adult swim oh cartoon. like i want like either they're gonna love it or hate it like they can be like this is just like some like wannabe bullshit or they're gonna be like this is like i can't believe someone put this together yeah so i was like all right well what's some like dumb shit that you could put into a comic book that like you know people would just look at and roll their eyes and i was like what if everything was just like a bunch of like bananas and it's yeah. like screaming at each other i was like okay the inspiration, like, really came from, I was hanging out with my sister once. I have a sister who's, like, 10 years younger, and we're pretty close. It was a, a Thanksgiving, and she was drawing all these different, like, fruit characters, and they were making me laugh my ass off. And so I took them and, like, stapled them together and took them home with me, and I, like, just kept sketching them and sketching them in books. And finally, I was like, you should throw this in that comic or whatever. So it's like, it kind of was, like, symmetry, because, like, I was doing these little goofy doodles around the same time I was approached. Right. So it was kind of like spur of the moment, like, well, you got all these characters, like, just do something with it. I made 
my goofy ass comic book. Um, I've been able to read it publicly twice, which is pretty fun because you get to see people just like scream with laughter or yeah. just like stare at you with like a straight face because <laughs> they're just like watching you just scream and act crazy. Right. But I made that book and I want it to be a much, much bigger thing. Like I want it to potentially turn into like a like a TV pitch. Yeah. I have worked three different times to try to make more. And every time I've tried, I just like gave up. Mm -hmm. So I have like all kinds of sketches, layouts, blah, blah, blah for like multiple books. But I just never took it to the finish line. But I just started working on it again this year. So uh, Jeff, too will be out uh very soon that was that was the one thing that i was looking for bro is yeah. is there's more to come from that like that's not a one-off yeah. and if you're someone who's been following my art you've heard me say this for three years now so you're probably like listening to me and rolling your eyes like he's literally said this to my face like six times it's been three right. years but it is every day i work on it right that's the point that i'm at so every day i wake up i work out work on that for at least 30 minutes and then I start like my actual day. Right. So it's, it's in, it's in the works. So, so is that something for you when, when you are creating, like, is it, is it more just off of feel? Um, I mean, not something that obviously like you have a deadline, but something for you, right. Is it more off of feel or, or for like ideas? Yeah. Ideation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, feeling plays a big role, but I try not to let that be the biggest thing that, guides how my hand works because um I just feel like in the past working based off of feelings you end up making things that maybe just end up becoming like more personal mm. or they end up becoming something that you might not necessarily want to share or like give out to the world in that yeah. kind of way like it's almost like it's too deep even not even too deep but maybe it just doesn't even like make sense right like it'd be like if you were a very great trumpet player and you go in the studio and you just like belt out your feelings versus like you're being aware and in rhythm to like you know whatever it is you're trying to do mm. um i think emotion can guide creativity but i'm a big daydreamer so i feel like one thing that i thrive at doing is like if i do things that are very monotonous which i feel like sometimes i search for monotonous things like cleaning up the house doing dishes right. doing laundry like if I'm able to let myself do these things to where, like, I can, like, black out and just think, like, ever since I was a kid, like, you can ask my parents, like, they used to think that there's something wrong with me because I would literally be in the back seat, just, like, my eyes just, like, wide <laughs> open, just, like, not saying anything, just, like, staring at the window. Yeah. They're like, kids aren't supposed to stare out of windows. Like, no, that's, like, a red flag, but it's, like, I'm just a very, very avid daydreamer. I, like, I dream every day. I, like, think in my sleep. It's not even, like, cool dreams. It's, like... I would have a dream about this moment, but it maybe you wouldn't be you. You'd be like my dad. Right. Like I have like dream, like, you know, like, so I'm like a really in my head kind of person. So it's like, what I really do is I build up a huge inventory of thoughts, images. Like I just, I've always done that. Like as a kid, I would come up with like, what if cartoons, what if comics, I would never share them with anybody, but I would just like draw, 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 like draw all these different characters. And I would just like, visualize how all that would play out but and I still do that to this day so that kind of informs how I do stuff like I feel like I try depending on like the purpose so like the Jeff books like I want those to be funny right so I'll do many different versions of different ideas 
And I just keep working at them until like something like makes me laugh or it lingers in my head. And whatever lingers in my head, I end up like giving that to people. Same with uh, my illustrations too. Like not all of my illustrations are like silly or funny. Like my most recent illustration series that I've been posting about, like the one, the piece you're talking about, the uh, diamonds might shine like Skittles piece. All that falls under like an umbrella of like a whole catalog of work that I've uh, I've shown once. I've shown it with Maroon Arts Group this August. Mm-hmm. But with all those ideas and stuff, it's like, I just see things and then I find something to jot it down. Like I brought all these sketchbooks to show you, like I just jot stuff down and go. And then if it sticks, it sticks. And oh, if it doesn't so fire. Oh my God. Like I just, I just be drawn. <laughs> I'm not as diligent as I should though. Like I know in college they said like a master illustrator, you feel a sketchbook like once a month. Ooh. And I feel a sketchbook maybe like once every three months. But I that's am still a crazy pace, though. <laughs> like, that's still an insane pace. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just imagine you, like, walking around or cooking and just having, like, <laughs> these bananas running around in your mind. Is that how it is? Yeah. That's nuts, bro. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. it definitely comes out onto the page. And it's like, how does... It, it's one of those things that, like, you watch a cartoon or you watch a TV show and you're like, bro, how how does someone, like, think... Of that, like, how does somebody? You just gotta fry your brain with cartoons, right? As a kid, like things that had real people in it, I just assumed that it wasn't for me. Mm. Even though, like, it could have been like that's a Raven or something. I'd be like, oh, those are real people. Like, I shouldn't be watching this, right? I don't know why, but like, my brain just gravitated towards cartoons, which is funny though because like most of my friends can watch a lot of cartoons because I grew up really religious. So a lot of my friends who were also religious, like their parents would be like, Billy and Mandy, like that has the Grim Reaper in it. Right. No, Dragon Ball Z, that has, that nigga's name is Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But me, like my parents, they, I don't know, like I feel like they were aware of what I was watching, but at the same time, like there was a lot of just like wild shit. Yeah. Like, you know, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Nickelodeon, like all cartoons like growing up 90s, blah, blah. They're so visually just like rich and expressive and bizarre like i just ate all that up the two craziest cartoons off the top of my head are cow and chicken and <laughs> ren and stimpy those are the two because because so i'm i'm an only child and uh, my mom yeah. and grandma worked a lot of the times yeah um so like i would just be by myself consuming all this stuff and like my mom would try to tell me she'd be like yeah don't watch this but like if I'm by myself, you know, who's going to tell me to work? So, like, I was seeing yeah. all this stuff. And I just remember Ren and Stimpy, like, I, I had to stop watching that after a while because that, that goes a little far for me. Yeah, but. Ren and Stimpy, like, as a kid, you're watching, you're like, this is, a, this is a little nasty. Right, right. Cow and Chicken is also, like, out of pocket. <laughs> yeah, those, those are the two. They got that, that big, red, like, naked devil dude yes, with, bro. like, the ass cheeks. Like. Yes, bro. And he was always rubbing his butt on, like, everything, dog. This this is my man. Like, this, this I love this because there's not many people that, because, I, bro, I consume cartoons crazy, and I'm sure you did, too. It's like, mm-hmm. I love to talk about this shit, and I still watch cartoons, like, to this day. Yeah, bro. last night I was just watching, because uh, I have uh, HBO Max, I was watching... Uh, Scooby Doo and Courage Cowley Dog. They have a crossover episode. Right. I was just checking that out. Not good. Yeah. But I'm gonna watch it. I mean, I feel like now, bro. Like I feel like now they're trying to reboot all this stuff, and it just like doesn't have the same. It doesn't hit the same anymore. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. It doesn't because I think that um, with animation in general, like technology is at a point where you can 
any kind of like creative media, it's like you can just make things a lot easier. So you have a lot of different companies and, you know, groups that they put stuff out and they just don't, they like take the art out of it. It's more so like, this looks like what you used to like. Right. And it sounds like what you used to like, but it's missing like the, you know, maybe the dedicated like crew of people who are like being listened to and like being able to actually like express like creative ideas. Like I think things are very like workshoppy like factory produced now like like you were just saying it's like oh you like this when you were 10 yeah well here's this again like trying right. trying to like repackage it and like yeah. rebake it or whatever it happens all the time like disney's doing it while those live action remakes right like, I, the ugliest version i think i can think of off the top of my head is like have you seen that 3d uh pokemon movie remake like the mewtwo movie mm <laughs> So they remade the um, YouTube movie, but it's on like this like 3D. That's like, like the OG one, like the really yes, like big the one. Fire, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. when Ash dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he punches Mewtwo. Right, right. Yeah. Um, they remade it in 3D and put it on Netflix. And like, I didn't even watch it. I couldn't watch it. I just saw the trailer, but it looks like a very long like PS2 cutscene. Like, mm. it's like no good. So in, in this like jumble of things, now what what's like some some things that that you're kind of uh, attracted to that your eyes is, is drawn to or or story wise or whatever you look for recently um uh, so if you know me you've probably like seen me in the past year at uh gateway i was working at gateway film center for like the past year and some change i just like left so that i could you know take advantage of some of these art opportunities that have been coming my way lately but um I feel like I've been trying to watch a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen, like, most movies. Right. I just saw Lord of the Rings, like, last year. Yeah, I still haven't really watched all three of those. Or Bro, is it two? There's three. Yeah. They're gas. Seen. They're long as fuck, though. They're long, but you, you just need to get, like, a homie and just power through. You don't, don't, I wouldn't do all of them at once. Right. You definitely want to be, like, maybe one a week. Yeah. They're, that's probably, like, the best, like, trilogy I've ever seen. Word. None of them are garbage. Yeah. I feel like with most like series, by movie three, it gets tired. Mm -hmm. Doesn't get tired. Gets stronger. Gotcha. Gets better. All right, word. It's word. fire. Cool. Cool. You should, yeah, you should definitely watch Lord of the Rings. Bet, bet, bet. I mean, then coming from you, bro, I gotta take that recommendation. It's, it's so old too. Not the movie, but even just that concept. Like, right. It has like informed like so many other just like things that exist that you know we consume, whether it be like video games, comics, blah blah blah. Like it's. It's so good. And and I don't know about you, but because that came out, what, like early 2000s or something like that? I think the first one was like 01. Right. Yeah. And so for me, it even goes back to this like new just <clears throat> type of animation style that, that people are using. Like, and I've said this on the podcast before, like I don't enjoy super overproduced movies. Like I like older films mm, just because they mm -hmm, feel... Mm -hmm. They just don't have all that gloss. Right, they feel like a movie. Yeah. It feels like I'm watching a movie. You know, I'd rather watch something from, like, the 90s or, like, mm -hmm. the 80s or something that has, like, a little grain to it than, like... I mean, obviously, I'm still going to go watch movies now, but, you know, yeah. it's just different to me. It, I'm yeah. partial. Yeah, movies, I feel like, serve a different function, too, because before it's, like... Movies was, like, the main way that a lot of people would get, like, these really crazy deep narratives. But, I mean, it's 2022 now. Like, you can have someone who's just, like, on TikTok with, like, an iPad and they're Facts. making, like, crazy shit you've ever seen. Facts. I think movies right now, it's almost like they're just making, like, spectacles. It's like anytime you watch a movie, it's almost like 
it's like Super Bowl level of like attention. Like all these Marvel movies and like sure there's like normal movies that get made, but I feel like the focus of cinema right now is just like how can we just like blow these people's yeah, minds right. with like these raccoons with like machine guns On God. And, <laughs> and Spider-Man. No, I hear you, bro. I hear you. So let's get back on track uh, about you, bro. I mean, you touched on it a little bit uh, through, throughout that little conversation that we had, but talk to me about how you grew up. Um, you know, what, what specific things were you into? You know, we obviously established this cartoon, this love for cartoons, but like what mm-hmm. specific things were you watching? Um, what were you doing? <laughs> um, so I for sure was just like, little chubby kid that liked to play games. Like, I was just, like, in the crib a lot. I grew up very religious, so from preschool up to, like, third grade, I went to a private school that was connected to a Baptist church, which is very, like, interesting thinking back because the church was, like, a... It was, like, a black church. Mm -hmm. So we had to wear uniforms. Uh, It was very no-nonsense. Like, I used to get popped in my hand with, like, yardsticks for, like, drawing in class. yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I got a friend, bro. It's not good that I'm laughing at all. But I got a friend in second grade. We're still good friends to this day. But like, his teacher stressed him out so much that he started going bald. Like he, in the back of his head, he like had a bald patch. He was losing hair because like his teachers were just like so. Like they, like at that school, like they, um, like as a young boy kid whatever boy or girl like you're in the shit like superman spider-man power rangers we used to have our power rangers taken from us from the teachers because they would say that they were like demonic right like the transformers would get confiscated my friend he brought the same friend who went bald he brought like a spider-man notebook to school and our teacher took it from him and she was like i'm not gonna let you have this because spider-man kills people (laughs) and he was like no, he does. He's not even real. And the teacher is like, it was on the news last night. Oh, my God. And he, like, looked at me, and then I looked at the rest of the class, and we're all just, like, looking at each other, like, what? did you did you watch the news? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like we know. And, yeah, like, she straight up took his stuff, and she was like, I saw what Spider-Man did last night on the news. He Bruh. killed somebody. You can't bring this in here. I'm not condoning murder. This is a house of God. Like, <laughs> bro, like Yeah, so I, I was in that kind of environment, which was very anti what I was doing. So I was like a weird mix of like a kid who got good grades that like did good, but I also would get disciplined like pretty regularly because like I'm goofy, probably have ADD, like just don't pay attention that well. And then I was just straight up just drawing Sonic all day. Right. And what first got me drawing, honestly, was my brother. I have a brother who's six years older than me, and one day he came home, we're watching Dragon Ball Z, and he just opens up this blue binder with all these drawings from his friends, and they like had like pins that they were using to draw like piccolo and like all these different characters and i was like what the fuck and he was like yeah like these are drawings i was like i didn't know you could do that and so literally the next day i remember i was like seven like in first grade i just came home and i took a picture of sonic from like a video game like little what do you call those things like the little booklets that are inside of like a game case right yeah snatched that out of like my sonic mega collection video game and just started drawing sonic like crazy and I still have it. I have like this big folder at home. I would just draw Super Saiyan Sonic. Right. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Hair Sonic. Right, like right, I right. I just drawing all these crazy Sonics. And eventually I got known as like the Sonic kid at school. Yeah. Because like I could just freehand Sonic like for no reason. They're like, bro, here, do this for me real quick. Yeah. I, I told him you could do it, yeah, but do it yeah. for me. <laughs> Sonic with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, so that's how I started drawing. And then like I started to get kind of embarrassed by the time I was 12 because I was like, you can't just like keep copying off of people like you have your own ideas. Mm. So that's when I started playing with like making up characters and I would be on and off with drawing like throughout junior high and high school. But I really started to take it serious my junior year because I found out that art college was a thing Mm. because I was going to totally just give up on doing art because like it just wasn't in my life besides me just doing it personally. And that's like such an important thing too, bro, for anybody like to know that there is a way to do the things that you like to do, bro. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't understand that like their passions can turn into like things that they can do for, yeah. for a living, right? Yeah. Didn't and interrupt you that way, sorry. No, yeah, you're you're totally spot on too. And it's like, especially for me, like I was like the random kid. Like people, I've always been someone that people I would say like. Like it's never been hard for me to like make like friends or anything. But I still at the same time would probably get picked on or like people would just like treat me funny because I was just doing weird shit. Like, right having sketchbooks filled with like rando drawings while everybody else is like super into like 2k and doing whatever you know going to parties and right. all that stuff like i was like i said grew up really religious on so high school i was religious as hell and i just like to draw pictures so like i was definitely like a i'm still bizarre but i was right. definitely a bizarre dude but once i found out that like art college was a thing i was like oh like you can actually take this serious so I just started like hauling ass and just started like filling sketchbooks with all these different ideas, which I use as a portfolio to get into CCAD. Right. How did that, you know, religious upbringing inform the way that you were looking at stuff? Like, did did you feel a dissonance ever between the things that you were being told and what you were actually thinking and the things that you wanted to do? Of course. Yeah. Like. Outside of school, like, even at home, like, I would get in trouble for some of the stuff that I would draw. Like, I remember once I drew, it was, like, Scorpion and Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat fighting each other. And my mom saw it, and she was like, no, dude. Like, you, I've seen Mortal Kombat. They rip out spines. Right. You're, not, you're not drawing this. Because I was, like, nine, nine or ten. Um, So there's definitely always, like, low-key pushback, but, like, never to the point to where it was, like, I felt like I necessarily had to hide anything. Yeah. But... I think more so it's just I didn't necessarily get a lot of energy that felt like there was value in what I was doing. Like it was more so like I just have like this rando like skill. But I took pride in it though too. Like in high school, like I would always decorate the outside of my locker with drawings. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that I was weird and even if people said things to me that made me feel weird, like there's a part of me that's just like, bro, I don't give a fuck. Like, right. Like, be weirder like why aren't you weird like yeah. why are you just doing everything everybody else is telling you to do right. so it's high school though bro you know how it goes you it is it, goes. it is yeah so um there's definitely like pushback but at the same time like i have very incredible parents like they did definitely like supported me uh made sure that outside of like school i had different opportunities to explore art um there's a program in Cincinnati, which is where I'm from. Mm. I didn't bring that up, but I was uh, born and raised in Cincinnati. But they have a really great program where they take high school artists and college-level artists and pa- pair them up in groups, and they send them in these different teams downtown, and they paint murals. Oh, that's fire. So, like, if it's, like, a building that just, like, doesn't really have a purpose anymore, they literally just are like, fuck it, and just cover the entire thing with, like, re- like it's, like, really good work, though. Yeah. It's not just, like rando paintings like normally there's like a lead artist who has like a pretty substantial career they're like the lead designer and then they just have like all these understudies so i did that once in high school 
I used to volunteer at like an art center. So I definitely had like different sporadic, like, how do you say, like support to do what I was doing. Got you. And so was this, was this drive to create, was it something that you were consciously like, oh yeah, this is what I need to do? Or was it more just something that it was like, this is just what I do? Like it's, it was, you just did it. It wasn't really much like, oh, I'm trying to get to this point by doing this. Mm, it was a little bit of like both because like I feel like art it takes discipline and I feel like I definitely was not disciplined when I was younger like I would just I I just had this feeling like I was like oh this is just what I do like I'm just I just do this and I, I do would, this shit <laughs> yeah I do this really I just be doing this and I also just would be like very like like, when I first learned how to use the internet, I didn't use the internet to, like, go on MySpace and shit like everybody else. Like, my brain only knew Google Images. Like, I would go on the computer for, like, three hours a day and just type in, like, just anything and just print out all these different pictures and then just draw them. And I was like, this is this is the greatest thing <laughs> ever. Like, I love the internet. I didn't realize, like, you could do all these other things. Right. Like, I only use the internet for Google <laughs> Images. So, like, I mean, yeah, there, it's. I think it definitely is in me. For sure, but there's definitely moments where, like, I've stopped. And I, to this day, like, there's moments where you stop and, like, maybe you don't draw or even think about anything artistic for, like, three months. Yeah. Maybe that's just necessary. But, yeah, I've just, I've just always had a feeling, like, I can do that. Right. I can do that. For sure. If not do it, like, I could do it maybe even better. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, younger you, what kind of people or things were you looking to for for inspiration or or guidance um early on in in your journey your creative journey uh I would just look at as much stuff I could get my hands on too like I used to like getting action figures like (laughs) I remember my friend group in my neighborhood like one time they like low-key cussed me out because they came over and I was probably like 13 or 14 and they found out that I was like I would take action figures and I would get like sculpty and like all this like toxic like car model paint and I was like re I would take a figure and turn it into something else. Mm. So like if I had I'm trying to think of like like it was always like video game related too like if I had like a GI Joe turn the GI Joe into like Master Chief right or some shit like that and I remember my friends came over and they're like nigga what are you doing (laughs) and they like would pull out my phone like you got a phone like you're supposed to be talking to females like why do you what are you doing you're you're too old for this yeah so like uh that's nuts yo yeah i would uh i mean but i also had friends and stuff around me who was like also interested in um similar stuff too like I don't know. I feel like growing up, you you have a, a variety of friends who have different interests because when you're a kid, you can't just group together because you're a kid. So right. I had, like, my anime homies. Like, they're, like, my good friends to this day. Like, they'd come over maybe, like, once a month to sleep over for, like, a day or two. We would all go to different schools. But, like, we just had a foundation from the Christian school I was talking about. For sure. So we all went to that school together, and as we aged, we went to different schools. But, like, once a month, they'd all come over. And, like, literally, we just draw and watch anime play Sonic and Mega Man and Dragon Ball Z and Kingdom Hearts and whatever, whatever. So, like, it, it really just depended. Like, I had homies who, like, didn't like it. I had friends who did like it. Uh, but outside, I mean, Dragon Ball Z, of course, like, anything anime, even if I didn't like it, I probably would watch it. Um, 
I was watching everything. Like, if you were to name any cartoon that was out during our childhood, I'd probably watch it at some point. But plenty of cartoons. As I got older, I started watching things with people finally. So probably, like, by the time I was, like, 12 or 13, I started watching, like, iCarly, Drake and Josh, and it's declassified, maybe even, like, BET, like, what's that show, The Game? Yeah, bro, what? <laughs> yo, 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 I feel like, no, nah, no, nah, this is weird, bro, because... I I watched that same shit when I was younger too. Bro. It's just Keep what going. was on, like it. Right, it's just what was on, um, but, and that was something that I don't know how old you were when when that show was on TV, but I was probably like nine. Yeah, but it's just on, <laughs> and I'm like, like, it's just on all day, and and I I rewatched it, the game specifically. I rewatched that for the first time like two years ago, and that was not a show for like a nine year old to be watching. Bro. Not at all. But it was just on, Not like at you all. were saying, bro. Not at all. That's hilarious. Uh, it's funny because most of the TV I think that we grew up with is like, I feel like people are always like upset about like social media or like YouTube and content that comes out. Like, yeah, there is a lot of crazy content out, but like TV also is like the Wild West. Like they were just hitting us with anything, especially when you look back now and you see like all these different directors and stuff are like getting in trouble. Like, you know, the dude with Nickelodeon, uh, was it Dan? Is it Dan Schneider? I don't remember. But the dude who produced, like, iCarly, Drake and Josh, all that stuff, like, he's in trouble for, like, just weird behavior on yeah. TV. <laughs> I understand, looking back, why there were some friends of mine who their parents were like, bro, no, you're not. Turn that off. You're not for watching sure. anything. I have one friend. Uh, he liked coming over to my house because, like, he can only watch Bible Man. You know what that is? Yeah. Bro, what the fuck? How are you dropping off? <laughs> bro, no one else knows what this is. I swear, no one else knows what this is. <laughs> we would just be at his crib watching Bible Man and uh, Veggie Tales. <laughs> bro, Bible Man. And then what was the one, the villain? He was like the Joker, bro, but he was it, he was orange. I don't even remember. We, I just remember that dude, Bible Man. Oh, <laughs> And his, like, lightsaber of, like, justice or hope <laughs> or something like i faith. had a bible man action figure he was dog. hard this he they was, did they did a good job with him hard. it was entertaining like i wasn't like what is this like i was <laughs> i was tapped into bible man bro, no, because he used to like before he would uh before he would like fight the villain or whatever and he'd be like in jonathan 731 hit him with that scripture <laughs> hit him with that word <laughs> Bro, you were <laughs> unlocking memories that I haven't <laughs> thought about in so long. Bro, he had, like, the special VHS tapes, too. Like, they were different colors and stuff. Like, he had just Bible Man on deck. <laughs> like, we were not watching SpongeBob at all. Bible They're like, SpongeBob be getting naked. We're not <laughs> going. Throwing Bible Man. Oh, my God. I got to get <laughs> off of this. I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tripping out. <laughs> um, Okay. Most significant memory that you have that informs the work that you do and and the path that you're on right now Ooh. in your mind. Okay, so this is like relatively more recent, but still attached to like my teenage years. So there's a point where I don't even know what triggered this, but I just randomly started getting into like old, old anime particularly from like the art. So like just looking at different manga covers and illustrations and stuff. And I went down this rabbit hole of watching Fist of the North Star, mm. if you've ever seen that. Mm -mm. So Fist of the North Star is basically what like started the whole like buff, like anime protagonist, like with like Jesus capabilities, basically like original Goku. 
But the whole thing is like Mad Max. So he wears like a jean jacket with no sleeves, just buff his shit, wearing loafers, like on motorbikes. And the whole thing is like a martial arts anime from like the 80s. Is that the one with like the the, the he like classic? punches fast as fuck? He's like, <laughs> like punching fast as shit. Is that the one with the with the like Omai Womu? Is it that one? So that's what I'm getting to. So that's JoJo. Okay, okay. So I got super into Fist of the North Star. Like I'd watch it every day, like all day, every day. Like I was hooked. I thought it was so cool. And this is in high school. So I'm like looking and looking at all this art, like watching the anime, reading manga, and then I keep seeing the dude from JoJo because they like. He's based off of the Fist of the North Star guy. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, once I'm like done hyping up Fist of the North Star, I'll check out JoJo. So I started to check out JoJo and I fell in love with the illustrations because the thing that um, the artist of JoJo does that a lot, I mean, I no one else does it like him. Like he has this weird mix of understanding like what is current, like in terms of fashion. And he just makes these very, like, bizarre but, like, beautiful illustrations of, like, these characters that, like, feel like they're, like, paying homage to, like, hip-hop culture, fashion, and then also just, like, still being relevant in, like, the manga, like, superhero, mm-hmm. like, shonen world. Right. Um, And the anime, I mean, is, like, hyper-popular now. Like, it's kind of funny because, like, when I was in college, I used to just scream about how much I love JoJo. And all these people are like, what are you talking about? And like now it's like, like you said, like it's like a meme. Like it's yeah. so huge. But I like collect that artist's illustrations, illustration books. And I would say like his work definitely is like a huge inspiration for like why I decided to take art serious. And it, I would say his work has informed even just like creative habits. What I try to keep an eye out for, like how I try to like consume and have like a certain like creative diet. Right. Um, but yeah, love that dude. His name is um I don't know if I'm gonna say it right, but it's Hirohiko Rocky. Gotcha. His stuff is so good. All right, bro. You gotta you gotta convince me then on on JoJo because I watched the first season. It starts slow. I watched the first the first like part of it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the very beginning. Mm-hmm. When they're in England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't I wasn't fucking with it like that. Yeah. It's I would say it's definitely weird because I've shown it to other people. And it gets so much more weird. Like, uh, it's very androgynous right now. Like the, like I said, like the artist, he's super, super in the fashion. So like where it's at now, like it started like these huge giant, like eight foot tall dudes who just throwing hands. Now it's like the characters are just like really slim and like very like androgynous, both in how they dress and just like how they like look and like, even how they fight, it's just very strange. Like, it's gotten, like, just so, like, trippy and weird. And I feel like it's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. Right. It, was, it wasn't so much, like, the weirdness for me. It was just, like, I wasn't really messing with the story. It was just kind of slow when I first mm. watched it. Like, the beginning, yeah. like, the story, it just didn't do yeah. it for me like that. I will say that story, too. It's, like, I don't think he knew that it was going to be as big as it was when he started. And it's old, like, because the first story was written, like, mid to late 80s. But if you jump into part three, that's, like, the most popular one, like, when they all have, like, stands, like, they all have, like, these spirit warriors. Yeah. You'd probably fuck with that because it's very, like, colorful and just, like, high, like, action-packed, like, over-the-top violence and, gotcha. like, crazy just scenarios. Yeah. It's very fun. Uh, Opinion on One Piece? You got any opinion on One Piece? I think the art of One Piece is phenomenal. I used to watch One Piece a little bit back when it was on Toonami, but I just can never keep up because there's just so many episodes. Right. But 
anytime I feel like there's like a, like I have a friend who's really into One Piece and like he'll send me like covers that he likes or something. I'll keep up with that. Or sometimes or like randomly I will just like go on Google images, just be like One Piece and just like click on like different images just to see like the crazy character designs, like all of like Luffy's like forms, like yeah. his, what do they call like the gauges or something like Gears. that? Gears. Gears. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, like the most recent gear that he has, and he basically turns. Wait, don't spoil it for me, bro. I'm not there yet. I'm not uh, there yet. I'm not there yet. See, I've that, just seen like pictures of it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my thing, bro. So I I've watched, I've been reading One Piece since I was like nine, bro. That's impressive. Dude, I've been reading it since I was like <laughs> nine. Impressive. I'm 22 now, and there was like a point where I was reading it so much, like my mom was taking me to Barnes and Noble, and I was like buying these books, and she's like, "I'm not buying these for you anymore because I was reading them so like going through them so fast, and I wanted to get like twelve at a time." Mm. And she's like, "No, nah, you can't do that." So, so you're like, ODing. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, "You got to rent them from the library." So I ended up yeah, renting them from the library. That's a better move. And I read all the way up to like where he was writing at the time when oh, I was like yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. like twelve. Mm-hmm. And so from like 12 to 21, I didn't read one piece at all because mm. I couldn't, I, I like didn't know where to get it. Mm-hmm. And then my homie at school, he he's like big into anime and he was like, yo, you know, there's this website online that you can just read them on your phone. And ever since then, I've been trying to catch up. I'm like, he the goat. Yeah, facts. No, that's a fact, bro. That's a fact. Shouts out to that young man. Um, but he or I'm I'm probably like sixty chapters away from being like all the way all caught, caught up. up. And I'm it's it's the most satisfying feeling when like I finally get I respect up people who actually like stick to reading long stories like that. Like me, like I think the longest thing that I've read, which I don't even know how long you would say this. I, I it was uh Berserk is pretty long. I read through Berserk. The whole thing? Yeah, like, they just dropped maybe, like, a new chapter or two, like, within the past several months. Mm-hmm. But, They're yeah. They're still making that story? Yeah. Damn. They, because it's, like, it's, like, the ultimate, like, revenge story, like, right. ever. And dude never, he's not gotten his payback. Like, we're <laughs> we're all waiting for, he got to, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if the dude can end the story because it's just so, like, grandiose and crazy at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how he could wrap it up. But, uh, yeah, I I had to see dude get his come ups. I never saw it. I'm For still sure. waiting. Like I every literally like I would just read it on my phone, laptop, wherever I could like get my hands on. I'd just be like, I need to see him get his wounds. For like, sure. I need to see him. Bro, because that he really like guts. Bro, if you know guts, <laughs> man. Man. Yeah. Berserk is crazy. My my homies put me onto that. We watched the Netflix movies, the ones that are on Netflix. Like, oh, those like weird three D ones? Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> that I, I gotta say the last one where like they go into the demon realm or whatever, and mm-hmm. like, uh, what's his name, Griffith? Mm-hmm. Like he turns he into turns the demon, evil. bro. That shit like stuck with me for a couple of days. Like I had, nah, to, bro. It made me feel sick reading it. Oh god. Oh, Here's god. the thing that's sick. If you read it, that whole that whole thing is literally probably like twenty five pages. Oh, it's like you just have to keep gosh. being like, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's like the crazy shit. Like I had to go to work right after reading that. And I was just <laughs> like, man. I'm about to call off. Like, bro, that's what I'm saying, it's too. fucked up my Friday night. Bro, bro. <laughs> I, I, that shit, like, sat with me for, if if you know what we're talking about, then, like, you know. I know this is, like, a very niche audience that we're reaching right now, but I need to get this out. Is like, it sat with me, bro, for a couple of days. I was like, I, I thought about it. I was like, I need to watch, like, Seinfeld or something. <laughs> like, get my mind the, wi- the, the The wild part is, is that that's only, like, 
15% of, like, the entirety of the story. Right. Like, there's so much more shit that, like, all the characters just get into. But it it, it definitely changes. I feel like at first it's, like, very, like, horror-inspired. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to become more, like, action-adventure-inspired. Right. But yeah, Berserk is nuts. Got you. Got you. Nuts. All right, G, let's get back on, on track with, with your timeline. Uh, so after high school, mm-hmm. what uh, what did life look like for you? Where where were you headed? So after high school, which is funny, so I wanted to go to college for animation. So my parents, because they're, like, as religious as they are, like my dad, he is a minister. So he had, like, just, like, info about a school in Virginia where – the lead animator for the matrix like taught so like they had like some kind of like 3d animation class that was being offered out and like this like it was a a christian college in virginia and i checked it out and uh yeah i was like i can't like i can't like i would say uh i was definitely raised religious but the older i've gotten like i'm very just like on the fence. I try not to, you know, say yes or no about any of that stuff. But yeah, by the time college hit, I was like, I can't go to a college where I'm just doing the same stuff again. Like I need to be around like some like weirdos. Right. So, um, or just like genuinely just like, you know, just, just random, whatever people. Yeah. And maybe even make your mind, your own mind up about it. Right. Yeah. Like, remove yourself from that situation where it's always yeah. being thrown at you. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so I wanted to go to SCAD because that's where a lot of, um, like cartoon network, like workers kind of, there's like a pipeline from SCAD to that's the one in Georgia. Right. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. But the tuition was stupid expensive. Like I think it was like 60 or 70 K a year. Um, I was like, I can't do that. So, uh, CCAD popped up as like top in the top 10 of like best schools to learn animation and illustration from. Um, which I don't know if most people know this, but CCAD, I think, is, like, top five schools that has, like, the largest Cintiq labs in the world. Shout out, shout out. Cintiq labs are, like, uh, or Cintiq is, like, a monitor that you can draw on directly. So it's essential for, like, if you're doing animation or any kind of digital work. Um, So I shopped around at different schools. CCAD stood out. Um, The preview that I went to, like, to check out the school, like, my parents and I are, like, pretty impressed. So I decided to go there. I, like I said, I was animation, and then I kept hearing about this teacher because all my friends were illustration at the time. They had this teacher that they would, like, talk about often that was just, like, kicking their ass. Mm. And they considered me, like, one of the stronger illustrators of the group. So they're like, you know what, Freddie? Like, you should talk to him and see, like, how he feels about your stuff. Mm. I was like, all right, I will. So one day after school, I found his office, and I showed him all my stuff, and he, like, looked at it, and he's like, you're not one of my students, so, like, I don't know if I can be honest with you. And I was like, dude, I don't care. Like, be honest. And he's like, this is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you don't know how to draw. What the <laughs> fuck is this? And he was just, like, like ripping my stuff up. Like He's like, you're just drawing, like, a bunch of, like, watered-down bullshit of things that you think are cool. Like, you, like this isn't, like, imaginative. This isn't technically sound. Like, you just need to, like, go harder, honestly. Like, Damn. you're not. Like, this isn't it. And... He, like, said it, I feel like it comes off, like, a bit harsher than, like, how it actually went. Like, he, there's definitely levels to this conversation. Like, right. I had to, like, pull it out of him for him to finally, like, give me everything. Because his first reaction was kind of just like, mm, I'm indifferent on this stuff. Like, this could be better than, yeah. like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But because of that teacher, I was like, fuck. I feel like I just, like, had, like, a huge just, like, 
it just pivoted everything because I was like, if I can't draw, then why would I be good at animating? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you need to learn how to draw. And illustration just sticks out to me a lot more than animation too. Like I do love cartoons, but like I'm just real big on illustrations. So I was like, you should be an illustrator. So I switched my degree to illustration and I just like worked my way through the program. I graduated. And since then, um, I've just been doing all kinds of stuff. Like, uh, in college, I was really, really into like that whole like wave of like SoundCloud music and just like avant-garde, just like weirdo rap music that right. was coming out. So like I was doing a lot of like album artwork and like cover artwork for people. I remember <laughs> I like the highlight of like my college time was uh, I remember Father came out here. If you Shout know out. Father yeah, yeah, yeah. from Awful Records. And um, I went to his show and I was like, I'm about to network hard as fuck right now. So I like designed like this big ass poster for father and I put in like this shipping tube and I go to the event and I'm just like awkwardly just like in this crowd of people who are just like bopping around. I just got this big ass tube and father, his DJ comes out. It was, um, what's his name? Keith. It's like Keith Charles dude's name. Mm. Um, but he was the DJ and I like, hold it up to him and he takes the poster and he like shows it to the whole crowd and everyone just like goes nuts and like literally like as he shows people that poster father comes out too so like the area that i'm at it just like exploded and like physically i just got like exploded to the back because yeah. it just was like <laughs> like i just got like like parachuted all the way to like the back of the venue but like that moment there like really stood out to me so like after that like i just started going crazy with like trying to network and like get like popping rappers like look at my artwork and I was like somewhat successful but doing stuff like unless if you have like a really good like business savvy sense to yourself like it's just easy to get taken advantage of Mm. when you're putting yourself out there in that kind of way like when you're basically being like hey like look at me look at me like I drew you like uh, I'm trying to work with you like people would just see that as like you just being really like nice and awesome just mm. would just expect you just keep popping out like free things right or just things like short you know it's like you can get really like kind of taken advantage uh in that when you're working in that kind of style so yeah. i kind of chilled with the music stuff over time and just started exploring filling sketchbooks doing different client stuff like i've done like three children's books i've done i have done some animations even though i didn't get an animation degree I've done comics. I've done all kinds of just like random stuff, just like experimenting and trying to figure out like what it is. Like, am I trying to like say Mm. or do with what I do? Like to have like skill is one thing, but like you have to have like some kind of voice or direction or some kind of guidance to like lead where you're going to, you know, throw all that stuff. Right. Cause there's classic illustrators that that everybody knows and they're like, Oh, this is a, this person work. Right. Right. And you're kind of looking for that. You said, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, kind of looking for well I feel like I've recently found it but I think that for the past like f- I've been out of school for like four years but I've just really just been experimenting and just like trying to see like what is it that I like about the art space and illustrating what is it that I don't like um and I feel like I'm pretty close to like understanding what that is I uh recently have been playing around with you know becoming more like business-minded mm. so under this business i haven't established it yet but i have an idea of calling it pfg which would be plant for growth so it's like plant for growth would basically kind of guide my whole visual like library um i think that 
I've had a lot of fun drawing and making things, but um, things that I find very important when I create things, like I love putting blackness in the forefront. That's something that I learned in mm. high school. Like when I started to actually get good and be able to create images, I was like, I want to see more like things with black people just because one, I feel like non-black characters that you're used to seeing, that stuff is, you know, it's, it's already been done. So it's easy to replicate more like for sure to dig into your own culture and to try to like pull things out that can make it dope in a way that you haven't really seen that much before. I think it sounds like more of an exciting challenge. And it also sounds like people, they would probably support that or like, it would just go a long way. Like I think people would appreciate that more. So like when I design and stuff, I always try to keep in mind like people that I grew up with and like family, like what is it that these kind of people, like what, what would they like look at and be like, okay, like I understand why this person is doing this. So, a lot of times when I create, as of recent, I'm pushing, you know, blackness to the forefront. And I'm also trying to, I remember you asking me before, like, what kind of, like, visual things am I trying to, like, consume? Like, recently I've been really trying to be inspired by, like, nature. I think mm. things like COVID and the environment and just, like, literally anything on the news, like, it yeah. just makes you feel so, like, existential. Right. And I think that there is something very soothing and very pleasant about, like, this increase in like natural like imagery that we're seeing from designers and artists as of recent like the past two or three years I feel like everyone is just like throwing like leaves and flowers and greens and earth tones like even like clothing like if you think about a lot of that stuff that like the Yeezy brand was bringing out yeah kind of weird topic now but like right. all the earth tones like it's 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 um a thing that I think people are just craving naturally because things just seem so bleak and it feels like we're going to lose these things. Mm -hmm. So, um, trying to preserve them in a way. Yes. So in my artwork, like kind of as of recent and moving forward, like I like to be able to like, like I literally have a board on my computer just filled with all kinds of just things that happen in nature. that I find interesting, like mushrooms growing, like different colors of like tree bark, the nervous system, like all these just different natural imagery things. I'm, using that to kind of help dictate how I, you know, illustrate and create pieces. For sure. I'm, I'd be very interested to see how that looks in, in your style and like how you yeah. incorporate that into the things that you do. Which is funny because it's like, I feel like those things kind of clash, like the kind of goofy, playful cartoonish with like this serious, I guess nature isn't serious, but I mean, it does have like a, it's not a cartoony. Like you wouldn't describe right. the world as like cartoony, but you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I mean, the world is crazy. Yeah, facts. Uh, so for those that don't know, bro, I mean, we we, I'd be very interested to see everyone's mind right now at this point in the conversation, um, what they think your art looks like, like what kind of picture they have in their mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but just to kind of put it out there, how would you describe the work that you do? Um, I feel like first glance, it feels like underground comics meets adult swim meets like maybe the boondocks or something only because I bring that up. It's cause like, like I said, a lot of the cartooning that I do, it has a lot of like black characters and stuff, but I also, um, I'm really big into like hip hop culture. Mm. So if you look at like most of my illustrations from like the past year or so all of them have like this kind of like hip hop 
fashion kind of like element to it. So yeah, I would say that. Yeah, no, I feel like that's a, that's accurate. It's it's very it feels very modern, like the things that you're doing. Yeah. And to to that point about uh, bringing blackness to the forefront, I think what's cool about what you're doing is you know there are like these fun hyperbolized ideas of blackness in the work that you're doing like the the skittles one we'll just go back to that like all the rings and obviously like he's shown it off and it's in this very like grandiose way Mm -hmm. um but other things that you do i think it just makes the idea of being black like it just adds layers to it and makes it more dynamic yeah in a way yeah and i mean that also plays part in like how i was raised to like going to church like church is a very like gaudy thing that is easy accessible to a lot of like black communities it's like the whole you know sunday's best how you dress the cars that people pull up in the church itself like our church it had stained glass windows that all projected light into like this giant like golden glass cross that was like on the back wall where the choir was and so whenever you'd come in the church in the morning like literally it's like glowing with like rainbow light and growing up too, I mean, we grew up during like the bling era of hip hop. We got to see like Soldier Boy and like Gucci Mane yeah. and uh, you know, a lot of like the very overdone like fashion, like the big gaudy like chains and necklaces and things, like all that imagery, like I've seen it so much that it lives in like just like my visual library. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, a lot of that stuff definitely informs how I draw and how I create. Right. Now just just going back to that is is the way that you create and the way that you draw in this style specifically um is is that like a natural thing that that you kind of just leaned into or did you have to build up to I mean obviously like you built up to this point where you are now but were you always in this kind of lane of drawing super cartoony super over the top type of things? Yeah. Um for sure. Um, I remember as a kid, whenever I would draw some of my friends would be like, why do you always draw things that look so like crazy and like evil or like, so like, like (laughs) they would always just like make comments about my work, even like my family and stuff too. Like they'd be like, why don't you draw things that just look like nice? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely been working up to it though. It's like to be exaggerated and to be uh like expressive it it can always be pushed you can always push that and there's like so many like great artists who've like lived before me and who even live as i live now that have pushed the boundaries for expression and all that so i feel like there's always more to learn about or at least how i view my own stuff like i think that I'm still developing and growing like what I'm doing and it's, it's just going to keep growing and developing. I feel like it's almost like everything is just like it folding within itself. Like it gets more and more concentrated right. until it's like, I don't know how to signify that. I feel like what I'm doing is like right on the money. Yeah. But I think it's getting close for sure. So w- what areas do you still feel like you need to quote unquote improve on if, if that's what we're going to call it? Mm, I would say like, I think, how I was bringing up before, like having like an actual like umbrella to like f- catalog ideas under would help me a lot. Cause I'm someone who my interests change kind of quickly and I kind of have to discipline myself to like keep myself still with something that I'm like thinking about or like entertaining. And so 
my idea with like creating this idea of PFG, which is plant for growth, it's going to dictate basically like how like all of my stuff should go. Like I think in the past I've been missing like cohesion. I think if I'm able to make myself more cohesive, I think that um, it just, it, it feeds back into itself. So it's like, you just get stronger. Like if, and I've kind of learned this from not only like, I hate to say it, Instagram, but other great artists too. Like I was watching a video of a, uh, you know, Takashi Murakami. Mm-hmm. I was watching a video of him design uh, an image of Godzilla. And he drew that Godzilla at least 30 times. Mm-hmm. And every single time it looked basically the same. But the only thing that he would change is maybe like, the flame coming out of his mouth was like slightly bigger, like a different color. So, but like watching him just like get so involved in his own like process like that to just like keep like regurgitating and regurgitate. Like, I think that that is something that um, appeals to me as a creative. And I think that that is, that's, I think more of that definitely helps just like digging deeper and deeper with these same similar ideas to see like, what is it? Where's the gold in this idea? And Kind of switching topics, you mentioned earlier about how sometimes you'll go through like three month periods of of like nothing, yeah, of mm-hmm. like losing ideas or not being able to generate ideas like maybe you would want to. Um, so how do you kind of bring yourself out of that, or do you even really try to bring yourself out of that? Mm, I feel like if anything comes to me, I feel like it's probably natural and that comes with the territory i think artists are people that can easily just assume like the worst especially when it comes to like their own creativity it's always like i'm not doing enough i'm not focused enough i'm not like putting in enough hours but i think the things that you feel naturally it's like you have to listen to your body i think your body informs a lot of your creativity so if i'm hitting a dry spell i just call it as it is and i'm like if I don't feel like drawing, then I'm just going to find something else to just get hyper-focused on. Like last time it happened, I got super into like running and Mm -hmm. I just like got to a point where I could like run a mile in like seven minutes, which is fast for me because growing up I was not athletic. I had no skills and not shoot any hoops. Don't invite me to the park. Like I'm (laughs) ass. But (laughs) most recently, like when I had a burnout, like I just got super into like fitness and stuff. And like, then I started to crave, you know, wanting to be creative again. So, you know, I think as long as you're finding something, or at least for me, as long as I'm finding something to just like keep my mind entertained and to just like go through like healthy cycles of just like, you know, thinking through things, taking breaks, like I just allow things to come as they come. For sure. Man, we we gotta wind this down here. <laughs> we gotta wind this down here. This has been this has been great, bro. You like I said, you've unlocked so many memories in my mind that <laughs> I haven't thought about for years. Um, I'm going to go home and tell my mom about this, bro, like about Bible Man. Yo, shout out. Shout out. Hey, Freddie over here watching Bible oh Man. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so before before I get into the, into the ending questions, I just want to take the time real quick to thank you for, you know, having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Thank and, you. And, uh, you know, doing the work that you're doing because, like I, like I said before, it's – it's awesome to see the final product, but getting the behind the scenes adds so many more layers to it. So mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing, man. It's it's amazing for sure. Thank you, man. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Um, so in your opinion, what makes your artistic perspective unique? What what do you add 
to this big monolith that is creativity? I would say something that I add that I feel like is lacking. I think that I'm like a, and it's funny too, because like, I don't even know if it'll necessarily bring success, which I don't even know if that's something that I necessarily want. I just want to stay true to what I think is dope. And I think what I do is dope is that my stuff is like very cartoonish. It's very like exaggerated. I think a lot of it is very bold. It's very like vibrant in color and it has like this really crazy line work to help bring out the colors. Um, but I think pairing that with, you know, like I said, like primarily like using like black characters and blackness, pairing those things together. Like I feel like, so like, a lot of the illustrations I love to look at are like vintage, older, like comic illustrations, magazine illustrations. It's like you might see like illustrators drawing black people, but to have an illustrator to where it seems like their whole career was dedicated to just making like really insane, like cartoonish imagery that also involved like black characters. Like I just don't think that a lot of that hasn't, if it, I mean, it definitely exists. There's plenty of artists that have done it and they just, didn't get the love because you know maybe mainstream audiences just couldn't hang Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i think uh that's the beauty of blackness it's both both like something that can be very niche but can be like very like digested right um but i think what i do it's it's very niche and it's very i feel like me i feel like anytime people see my stuff they always just tell me like i knew that was you i know like look at it like that it wouldn't be anybody else um, and that's not to discredit though. Like there are like a lot of like amazing, brilliant black cartoonists out there, but I think that, uh, how I approach it, I feel like it's a little bit more like edgy and a little bit more like visually provocative than I think some people go. Like, I feel like a lot of illustrators, they it's because of like, like I said, like technology and things like that, that improve art. I feel like a lot of artwork I think modern art versus like the things that I pull from visually are just very different. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm using like these like black line work and like the bold, like shadows and like the cross hatching and stuff, like I'm referencing like these things that, you know, I've seen with other great artists of the past. I think most people like if they are going to cartoon and stuff, like they're not referencing that very specific kind of pocket that I'm in. What does success look like on your terms? Success in my terms, I would say, is I'm able to, you know, continue to create for people and make these things that I enjoy. And it's able to not only, like, provide for my needs, but even more. Like, I think that I would consider myself successful once um, I'm not only creating at a frequency that I'm taking care of myself, but it's like I'm able to bring in, like, up-and-coming artists or maybe artists who are just interested in learning and I'm able to give them opportunities, maybe even jobs. Um, like right now I'm really, really working hard on like trying to understand clothing. I really want to get deeper into producing like my illustrations, but just like on clothes. Um, and who knows? It's like, I, I would just really love to understand more like not trades, but just like more ways of delivering art to people that can mm-hmm. be like taught, like learning how to like, screen print or having the access of like screen printing and being able to be like hey like if you need it like I have a screen printing place um just having like abundance within art art is one of those things to where it's like 
when the money is behind it, it's good, but that money can go away real easily. Um, and I just, I would love to see myself in a position to where it's like, I don't have to think about money or if I do, it's like, you always got to think about money, but I don't want it to be to a point where it's like now where it's like mm -hmm. every single thing I do, it's like, I have to like kind of second guess. Cause it's like, I just don't have as many resources. Right. You want to be the resource. Yeah. I would love to see myself like almost having like a creative design studio and it's like, you want some Freddy shit? Like, I got it. Yeah, most definitely. I got it. Have you seen Atlanta? I've seen not the newest season. Bro, you got to watch the new season. Um, the might be the third to last episode. You got to watch it and hit me up and tell me what you think about it. All right, because I'll tap in. It's it's uh about it's like a fake documentary about. A black dude who worked for Disney. That already sounds sad. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's like it's like a, it's it's he it's a black dude who works for Disney as an illustrator. Yeah. But the all the white people on the board of directors, they accidentally elect him to be like the CEO of the company because he has the same name as <laughs> this white dude who they were gonna elect. Yeah. <laughs> And the whole idea of it is that, like, his whole time, he just, like, dedicates and, like, goes insane. Like, ends up going insane because he wants to create, like, the blackest movie ever and it ends up being the Goofy movie. Like, the Goofy movie <laughs> is, like, the blackest movie of all time because it shows, That's like, awesome. fatherhood and yeah. all this stuff, bro. So, you got to watch it and, and let me know and let me know what you think. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, bro. What's uh What's next? What's next? What can we expect uh, coming down the pipeline? I'm not even gonna put a timetable on it. Yeah. You can you can do that for yourself. Yeah. Um. I mean, I feel like answering these questions. It. I'm obviously just doing a lot, and I feel like I'm always doing a lot. Um. <laughs> but I'm working on Jefferson Two, which, as I produce it, um, I will make physical soon. But I want it to live online, and I'm even considering like having like an audio component too. So it's like, it'd be maybe like YouTube videos yeah. of like the pages and I'm like reading them and mm -hmm. all like the little like crazy ass voices. PFG, Plant for Growth, my company that I am starting up, that's going to be out soon. And what that basically means, like I said, it's going to be an umbrella for like all the work that I'm putting out from here on. So, I mean, it's going to be cards, stickers, illustrations, pretty much like what I do normally now, but all of the imagery would just be a bit more cohesive and it's going to serve like a, a little bit of a purpose. I recently, two to three months ago, have been put into the uh, Roy G. Biv. I am the uh, head of programming there. Roy G. Biv is a nonprofit gallery that is in Franklinton. Mm -hmm. It's right next to 400 West Rich. Um, but That's I, like the hub. That's like the creative hub, man, Franklinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going crazy. And I, it's funny because I've been out here for like six years, and I feel like I never really interacted too much with Franklinton. But these past two years, like, I'm there probably about as much as I am here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I am um, on the board, and I'm the head of programming. So just recently, I curated a show called Stacked. So we gave out um, over 30, like, cardboard bankers boxes to artists and the whole goal is to bring in like emerging artists who've either never shown in a gallery or never shown work at Roy they were given these boxes and they turn them into art pieces so we had like all these crazy boxes that were sent in um 
and I might be doing some other things too. Yeah, we'll bro. See, Lots of things in the works, bro. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing to hear. Uh, we're always trying to grow the audience and we're trying to tap into as many avenues and as many disciplines as we can. So in your opinion, who would make a good guest on the podcast? Next guest. Um, I would say like someone like Hakeem for sure. Um, you know, Hakeem, mm-hmm. I'll send you his uh, Instagram, but, but him for sure. Like he's like, he's a self-taught artist who basically is just like grinded out like a career for himself. And mm-hmm. like, he's just done so much for like the arts community. He works under um, Brian Moss, which is like another like really big Columbus staple in terms of like artists. But yeah, both of them honestly would be great. Um, uh, I got a friend named um, O'Kale, O'Kale Lee. Uh, we went to CCAD together, but he is a phenomenal black illustrator that does also like just very crazy exaggerated cartoons i would say his stuff like if i were to compare us his stuff definitely has like a bit more of like a serious and like kind of like darker tone to it right but it's like like it's so fire like no one can draw like O'Kill. he's he's for sure the goat um there's another artist named alec alec uh valerius he's a comic illustrator also phenomenal uh kayla carr if you know her, uh, sh- on Instagram, her name is uh, Toothdust. Um, she's an illustrator that I know as well. She does all kinds of stuff, animations, illustrations. She does, like, a lot of things in the community. She does murals. She's really dope. Mm, I think that might be all that I can Yeah, think bro. <laughs> if, if you think of anybody else, send me those people. And if you think anybody else, obviously send them my way. I'm I'm always open for a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and that that's a perfect segue, bro. This is your shout-out track. So this list can be as long or as short as you want it to be, but I'm going to let you go. Shout-outs. Shout-out. Uh, shit. Shout-out to my girlfriend, Rose White. <laughs> Shout-out to her. She, you know, I used to do so much alone, and I would be very prideful about how I used to work. And I've the older I've gotten, I've just learned, like, that's, like, the dumbest thing that you could ever do. Like, anything that you do, you need a team. And um, Rose is definitely, like, my go-to person for everything. She is has a very great eye, very appreciative of Rose. Uh, my parents, they're always supporting me, like, helping me, looking over things. They got my back. Uh, my boy, Micaiah, out in Cincinnati, that's my business consultant. CCAD for teaching me everything that I know. All my great friends, uh my f- friends are like Cam Granger, Tyler Davis, Isaiah Smalls, Lemuel uh, Warrell, all those people are like essential to who I became from my college experiences. Uh, I think that might be it. Shout out everyone else. Shout out the world. Yeah, shout out to the world. Shout out <laughs> to the planet. Shout out to Bible man. <laughs> shout out to Bible man. <laughs> Fighting Satan, keeping yep. them down. Yep. All right, bro, last question I got for you. I don't want you to think on it too hard. I feel like this might be a quick answer for you anyway. But what is your favorite piece of animated work? Could be a video game, could be a TV show, comic book, anything that's not with real people. What's your favorite? Sheesh. Fuck, I don't know. I I can list you a couple of, like, go-tos. All right. Okay, so... This is, like, I'll throw this on. Like, I've seen it so much that, like, I can throw it on and, like, it can just exist in the background and, like, it doesn't even, like, I don't even register because I've just seen it so much. But um, 
like Looney Tunes. Uh, I used to watch a lot of Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry. That's one. Um, <laughs> on YouTube, uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged. Right. <laughs> I've seen that way, like just so many, so many times. Um, like all time favorites, like Courage the Cowardly Dog, uh, Chowder, uh, Flapjack. Yeah. Um, the classics, bro. You're going crazy. Classics. Yes. Yeah. Uh, SpongeBob for sure. SpongeBob is like so easy to just throw on. Right. But if it's older, newer SpongeBob is weird as yep, hell. Yep. But it's like kind of I don't <laughs> I don't even know what I'm looking at when I see new SpongeBob. But it's it's crazy. Um. I would say, like, because I have two different categories, right? So, like, cartoon stuff is one thing, but, like, uh, I feel like how I look at anime, I look at it as something totally different because it's just so, like, I would say, like, anime can be compared to, like, paintings because mm. it's just so involved. Like, I watched Evangelion for the first time, right. maybe, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm still, like, <laughs> I'm still fucked up by Evangelion. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. If you haven't seen Evangelion, go watch it. It's, like, the, I don't even... <laughs> I don't know how the fuck they made it. It's like the greatest thing ever created. It's it's so beautiful and like dark and sick and it's but sick in a good way, not like sick like demented, but not like Berserk. Yeah, no, Berserk is sick. <laughs> <laughs> berserk is disgusting. But Evangelion, I think, is something that just like lives in my head like all the time. But yeah. Word. All right, bro, you got anything else you need to say? Uh, I think that covers it, man. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Yeah. Right, we covered that. And there you have it, the official Freddie Croshan interview. Big shout out to Freddie for coming on the podcast and talking with me. Man, amazing. You guys heard it. That was that was some fun conversation. We really got into some some deep topics for us at least. They were deep topics. You can follow Freddie on Instagram at Freddie.croshan. That's C-R-O-C-H-E-R-O-N. In terms of Annoyed TV, you can find us at annoyed.tv on Instagram. Or visit AnnoyedTV.com for all your updated blog posts and episodes. We're going out with KTDT, the second song by Icy Twat. It was a demonic, villainous selection this weekend. As always, I'm your host, Jason Megacy, and you're listening to Annoyed TV.